This is just winging it. That was kind of normal. I think it's, that was yeah. kind of in the spirit of the holiday Maybe a season. Too amped up. Yeah, it was. It was like a little. A I should little put angry. like a sleigh bell behind it, you know, just yeah. to get us a little going. That makes anything a Christmas um, song. You could yeah. sing about literally garbage that's, or taxes. That's very true. And yeah. put sleigh bells, and that is a festive. That's a festive song. I'm a festive John Abdullah. I'm a festive Patrick Ray. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I am feeling the holiday spirit upon us. You look, um, you look a little like you have a glow. Mary? Yeah, a glow. Yeah, a holiday a little glow. Che- it's like a slight cheer. A slight cheer. Slight cheer. Just slight. That's about just as cheery slight. as I just get. Slight. The, slight. the rest of the cheer will come out, I think, once you're done with the crazy end of year stuff at work. That's like true, me, because it is a big time of year for us. It's with an insane time of year, but it's good. Yeah. It's a good time of year. It's good. It's you good. Know? I'm excited. I, uh, you know, in our, in our city, we had um, a bunch of holiday stuff going on. They had trolleys, you know, bring you around to different areas of like small businesses would do you know hot chocolate and cupcake well, that's cute um decorations and then there were uh reindeer rides um which were horses were they, that were they were made ra- to wear oh they were horses i was hoping for real rain wild reindeer actual feral yes yeah but they were horses um which you know luke was very excited about that because uh, it was his first chance to ride a horse and he's like obsessed with horses Really? Um, yeah. So of course we waited in this, you know, very long line, and they were really patient, and he was excited. And then we get up there, and I put him on the horse, and he's like, "Ah, oh, get me off this thing!" And they're, I, but they're I just scary. sat First him time down. You sit on a horse. That it's is a true. Scary it is. Experience. But I made him. You know, I, I held you him there. Stapled him to the horse. I stapled him the to the horse. horse. That too. And then I, I had to hold his hand as the, as he was walking around because he was still like wanting to have me close by. And then I had Grace holding my other hand, just walking, hoping that she didn't get like assaulted by Trampled one of the other horses yeah, yeah. Right. but it worked out fine <laughs> um so yeah holiday cheer i'm feeling it how yeah. about you yeah me too we had a uh, a lot of birthday parties this weekend yeah which was which was very fun um i didn't get to go to the first one i'm in the middle of chewing right now that's you so are i'm gonna keep going you with give it? You some space <laughs> no some time do you want me to keep talking oh, okay i'm done <laughs> that was some that was some fresh in office non and yeah uh, it was just don't exciting. please for the love of god don't burp we'll see what happens john for the love of our audience well, so, you know what the cheer the cheer is with me I'm All not right. feeling any burps coming. I if like there are, though, there. I'm going to grab the microphone. I'm going to deep throat. I'm going to burp into it so oh, hard it's going to scare God, people. That now was listen, just as bad. Yeah, this weekend was it was great. I felt like. Uh, you know, we had all these birthday parties, but it was it was a nice kind of static weekend compared to what we've had lately, yeah. which is great because I'm about to come up on this like absolutely batshit crazy singing season that I have every year and I'm always stressed you about. Vocal rest, man. Vocal this, rest. This show is the worst thing you could do right it now. It is the worst thing that mm-hmm. I could do, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, it's just like it, like every single night there's multiple hours of singing and, and as I've mentioned in the past th- th- a lot hinges on my ability to do this because we it's like all put it into you, our budget Patrick it's Green. like a big deal but it's also the time of the year when every single person I know is always sick it's yeah. like everybody is sick I was sick about a week ago I lost my voice super stressed about it um, and I can't really afford to do that because then I can't do these concerts and then right. I don't get my contracts renewed and then I, we you know, miss out on the income. I'm imagining you just during this time, you're like a diva at, in the household where you just have like a, a warm I towel am. around your neck and you're just like, you know, I don't yeah, know, what else a, do you do? I have do? a hot water pad on my neck. That's yeah. that's my towel. Uh-huh. Uh, we had and nobody's allowed going. to talk to daddy unless it's actually it's it's mission critical. That's you know, true, like, and they have to do it through. Response. They have to text me. They can't. That's they right. can't get too close. <laughs> that doesn't send a fax. Actually, the kids love faxes. Uh, no, we have humidifiers going in every room. I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm going to the sauna a lot. I'm trying to get you know <laughs> the a lot sauna. of <laughs> the steam room rather the sauna. Oh man, you know, trying to like really make sure that I'm uh, hydrating and taking care of myself. I have like multiple different types of airborne slash like uh, uh, what's the C vitamin C one. I don't know. They don't sponsor the show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll say place- placebo. Yeah, might as well it's a great. It I think yeah. it works. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, but you know, I'm I'm super obsessive because this is the time of the year when it's the easiest to get sick, and it's also the most critical that I don't get sick. Yeah. And uh, to that end, 
I was having this great Saturday morning. Let me tell you about this, okay? So it was one of those days where everything's just clicking mm. into place. Micah was studying for her exams, <laughs> as always. I feel like every time I bring I up know, Micah on the show, because she always has exams. She has two Poor of them Micah. next week, too. It's crazy, wow. yeah. Um, but she's only got one semester left after That's this. That's amazing. And then she's an actual nurse, which is crazy. Wow. That was that fast. Uh, so, you know, Saturday morning, she stayed home. I had the boys. We went to karate, did the comic store, had a great time. On the way back, I got a new tuck shirt because I've been still using the same tuxedo shirt from 2001. And it's like not, it it doesn't fit. It's, it's got just stains the all over it. classes. You couldn't wear it to them anymore. It was That's too true. Much. Yeah, they were yeah. like, sir, get the tuxedo off. <laughs> So I had to get it. So I got that, which was like a long overdue thing. I got some laundry going. And you going. were with the kids when you did that. Yeah, did the kids were like crazy. But yeah, but they were like, okay. Uh, they were play- So all of the- this tuck shop has like all of these mannequins with no heads on them. And so Henry was like <laughs> so screaming and pretending that they were like <laughs> these headless like mannequins. And Jude was into it too. And they were like a little bit safe. So I was yeah. like, okay, just, just do that. I'm yeah. not going to focus. But they were screaming and pretending they were being attacked by headless zombies, which was great. Very well dressed headless zombies. And you were, me, were you say. like up on a stool and you had someone around you doing the fitting and like, you yes, know, that's what I'm like, imagining. Yeah, it was Disney music was playing in the background. <laughs> there were like a lot of assistants like singing yeah, a song. Exactly. They all had monocles. It was the just birds like that. started lifting the Yeah, tux. there were pies yeah. everywhere yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason. It was great. Uh, way better than Bobby's big boy suit balls. So, uh, <laughs> that's where I go, yeah. That is a flashback. I just, I just buy it, man. That's a buy dress wing and flashback. Clearance well, see, done. But with tuck stuff, like, because it, it I I'm mean, kidding. I don't use it. I, no, you, that's what I you mean, do. I'm kidding because I don't actually have to wear a tux, so. See, the thing, and I don't have to wear the tux at yeah. all, except for you one and a half months to. of the year where I just always fucking wear a tux. And also when I just feel like being frisky, I put the tux on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Frisky, right. Uh, anyway, so on the way home, I was like, there's one thing that I haven't done yet. So now rewind for a second. See, you were having the perfect Saturday, and you're like, I got to do one I more. I got, I got this one more thing I got to do. I have to go too close to the you're sun. Like My wings the are going to melt. cop who's just about to retire, finally, you know, like he had a successful last couple of cases, yep. and he's about to retire, but he's got to do one more thing. I got one Let's more, hear what one, it is. One more gig. What is it? They pull me back in. <laughs> so, David uh, the painkiller. So, yeah, yeah, that came out a little too David. Uh, although he would be an ex-cop. He was ex-military. Yep. So we're driving home. I'm like, you know what? I got one more thing I have to do. So now we're going to rewind for one second, okay? <laughs> if you remember a couple of episodes ago, I had this back pain, right? Yes. And the episode where there was shit and blood and everything, and it was a disgusting right. shower yep. experience. Yeah. I'm remembering, yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, everybody loves that visual. So uh, <laughs> so my, my back has been uh, a little bit better from that, but it migrated up to my neck. And, mm. and as a singer, that's like a bad place for tension to get stuck because that you really depend on mobility of your of your neck and your larynx and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's been giving me these tension headaches because I've been stressing out about oh, that. No. Between that and getting sick and my neck hurting, I'm just like, fuck it. I got to do something about it. But what do I do? And on the way home, I passed this like massage envy place. Oh you know, massage. God. It's like the yes, Walmart of massage places. I love that it was literally you just passing it, and you're like, "I'm going to go to that place." Yeah, I was like, "That's you a know thing. nothing about it." Like that's a that's Other a massage than that place it's a chain that offers massage. Yeah, I did. Masseuse. I did do a cursory massages. Google. What's the plural of massage? Massage. massage. I did a, a cursory Google. Um, search and they, okay. they actually had very high ratings. All right, so, so let it be known. Right. I mean, so Micah Fair has enough. like a boutique massage. I would have cross checked with Yelp just to make sure. You would have fucking. Yeah. You would have like bought <laughs> stock in it first, seen how to trend it over the year. Uh, it, Micah has this boutique place in Lexington that is really really nice. That uh, is way too expensive. So I was yeah. like, you know what? I, <laughs> it's I, in Lexington. I, I'm not going to put this much money into it. I'm going to go to whatever I'm passing in the middle of nowhere right now. So I with dropped the, the kids, kids off. No, oh, no. Okay. So yeah, so I was like, okay, I got to drop the kids off. So this is very me. So I, I call the place. I'm like, hey, can I get in there today? Um, they're like, yeah, what you know, what level of uh, of like uh, pressure do you want? And I was like, I want to leave injured. Like, I, 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 I <laughs> want to be debilitated. That? Yeah, I, no, I was literally like, if I want the hardest possible. Inv- ends with David the Painkiller coming down. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine wearing a cape? David the Painkiller at Massage Envy. Well, looky here. 
who do we got today? Well, if you remember, uh, part of why I liked working with David is because he was fucking hard on I me. Know, like, you that's know, that's why and, yeah, I was right, right, right. It. And I love, I love a so good massage that Go scares ahead. me. Right, yeah, I like, I like yeah. to feel in mortal danger. Apparently. And this was that. So there was like one woman named Sheila. Uh, who was like certified to do like the real deep tissue <laughs> stuff, right? And she had an opening at noon. It was eleven fifty eight by this point. She was point. previously a, a WWF wrestler. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was actually the Rock. Yeah. with a mask. <laughs> um, so I so I drop the kids off, turn around. I'm like, hey, you know, I made this appointment at four twelve, but it's already twelve fifteen. Like, can I still get in there? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be kind of intense. And I was like, okay, because <laughs> there's like no warm up time. So I'm like, that sounds good and to me. And then you had to sign a waiver for your life, right? Yeah, literally, there was a if waiver. If you die, yeah, I know. So I, do. I don't know if have you been to one of these like massage yeah, places yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so I, I this is the first time I've ever done like an actual massage that wasn't like just for athletic rehabilitation or something. Given my professional sports like, career, <laughs> for your athletic rehabilitation. <laughs> what the fuck? Are as, you? A, as a professional sports star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but this is the first time I went for like for pleasure for me. This is me, this for is you me time. A little you John, time. Yeah. This is me time. Mm -hmm. So I go back. uh, You know, Sheila is there. She's a three foot tall Chinese woman who's in her late 80s Uh um, and has the forearms of a fucking rock climber. Yeah. No, no. She's probably 50. All right. But she but in in my dramatic size, she's also not three feet tall. John, she's fucking (laughs) she's at least five feet tall. Um, Although, you know, for accessibility reasons, that'd be pretty impressive. And I would really give them props if they were hiring three foot tall masseuses, masseuses. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Let's not even go down that. Let's not even go down that rabbit hole. So you go through the door, you know, you go from this front that looks like a CVS into this really beautiful, dark lit, therapeutic. There's aromas in the air. It's beautiful because it's dark lit and and everything's like the budget version of beautiful. Right, but it's so dark you can't really see. It's like see. the Walmart version of all the nice, you know, Yeah, it's like clearly and, not, like, mm-hmm. it's not like the Even nice the music place. is like the Walmart budget version <laughs> yeah. of the music, you know? There's like a watermark every 30 seconds that yeah, says yeah, yeah. like <laughs> premiumbeats.com <laughs> and then it keeps going. Uh, yeah, it was like definitely budget, but you can't see anything because it's dark, right? Yeah, and so I was, that, and I was like, you, you know what, all I want to do is have this woman fucking Plus, you're hurt just going to close your eyes and, yeah, right? be in pain, apparently. So it was, it was, it was so painful and so great, and she was like what seemed like she was. I think she was bracing herself against a wall at one point to get like because because she was like she was like, "Is this like too hard?" And I was like, "Nope, get the clamp." And it was so painful, but it was amazing. Is that a thing? A C clamp? Is that what it's called? I think that's for when you go to like the doctor and they check your like birth canal. I think that's what that. I don't know if you had that. I think you're right about that. I'm thinking of the hardware where you're like you know working on oh like a sawhorse C clamp. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, she was using those too. Yeah, she was like a vice basically. That's the word of advice. advice, yeah. Uh, oh. And it was just, she used this like pneumatic hammer for the beginning of it, which was like so fucking hard and it was amazing. You're serious. I, yeah, no, it, I mean, it was it was a pneumatic drill without a drill on the end of it. It, <laughs> was, it was called like a rapid tension reliever and she was like, this is going to be very painful. But, oh my God. So the whole thing was that in order for me to get to the next enjoy, phase of this. this is, you like this. Oh, I hated it while it was happening. Yeah. I was in such agony, but it was, it was amazing. Uh, I was like, I was like, I was like silent, little soft, softly weeping. I was like, yeah, yeah. R- sniffing, yeah. yeah, sniffing, crying. Um, uh, and so this thing like just basically just beats the shit out of your entire back, and then she's able to like. Lo- That's kind of bullshit, enough. though. That she's using a, an instrument. Aren't they supposed? No, this to was do clinical that? strength. This this was like this was the thing is that like in order to get me to the point where she could do the deep tissue massage without yeah. paralyzing mm-hmm. me, I needed to go through this thing first. It had to like loosen me up like I was, it was meat a, being AI cooked, powered, right? right? It was it AI. Scanned it, you it was, first. It was, to see. It was All right, how much can this guy actually? Right, handle? it was a data pod mm-hmm. AI. Uh, so she like does that. It was super painful, and then I think like okay, now I'm like ready for the big show. And it was it was fucking crazy. She's like leaning on the Stood wall. On you. Yeah, she, I, I, at one point, I was like, what the what even is that? Like, what is she using? Because you can't see anything, right? You're facing down, and I'm like, there's like three thousand square pounds of pressure on my back right now, and it is so bad. But of course, I like loved it. So I get in the car, oh, and I'm like, and I had this like crazy feeling where I could turn my head, 
which I haven't been able I haven't been able to like really turn my head in a long wow. time. Wow, just like so from it worked. Just, it it really worked, and and that has stayed with me. I have to say, in That's spite amazing. of the next part of the story, the the neck mobility has totally stayed. Yeah. Back pain is bad. The rest or whatever. of your body everything just else sucks ass. Fucking collapsed. <laughs> as after an ex-professional that. athlete, um, so but I get in the car and I have this like real sense of calm, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to make it through this period. I'm going to be able to sing. I'm not going to be stressed out. I'm at one with the universe. I'm fucking going to sit here so I don't have to drive home because I'm like lo- loopy right now. Loopy. All and the I just, toxins like, sat from your there. body. I did my fucking headspace. I was like so ready to go. The toxins were shooting out into the air. <laughs> at one point, she was like, she was like, I'm going Farting to. Out. She was like, I'm going to release your. Fi- <laughs> Trying not to be racist with my accent, but I'm going to be. She's she was like, no, I'm not going to be. She was like, I'm going to release your fire element, and I was like, What's that? She said that. Yeah, and she was like, Pah. If somebody said, I would have started left sweating at that point. No, she was like, she was like, she was like, feel your palms, and I was like, What the fuck? There was fucking heat coming out of my palms. I was like, If I do this enough, do I become a fucking airbender from Avatar? Like, do oh I get the God. power of fire? Can I become Ghost Rider? And your she was like, fire, She was like, I'm Shut going up. to release your fire element. Yeah, she loved talking about the fire element. I think she had a kind of limited English That's vocabulary because she talked about fire element for Man. maybe about fifty five minutes of it. She kept talking about the fire element. That's wild. But huh? It was real. I felt I felt my fire element release, and I was fucking aflame from this thing. So after that, do you do you need to like recharge your fire element? Is it exhausted? Uh yeah, I got to go swimming. Yeah, you look a little less Just fiery today. Yeah, it's true. The fire's gone. So I get in the car. <laughs> the I'm, I'm relaxing. My my died. palms are fucking radiating heat like yep. a thermal uh, nuclear device. And I uh, drive home very slowly. I'm feeling great. And I get out of the car and I'm like, I haven't felt this like really relaxed in a really long time. And then I kind of hear like commotion <laughs> in the driveway. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I hear like something smash against the wall. And I'm like, oh my God. What? And I open the One door. and of comes flying out of the window. Yeah, yeah like, like a cat. Like, <laughs> and they're fucking screaming and having a fight. And Micah's like, oh my God. She has like her head down. And I'm like walking. I'm like, hey guys. And Henry like throws something at me. And he's like, daddy, look at us. And I'm like, no, don't do that. And he like trips me. And then I'm on the on the floor and I'm like trying to tell Micah because she was one who was like, you need to do like a real deep tissue massage. Yeah. Because like it will really help you release the tension. And I'm like, and then she did this thing. And then in the midst of that, like Jude's crying because he like tripped over the couch. And there's just like screaming and they want to watch TV. And then yeah. it, it's all this thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I can feel myself getting tense again. But I know that there is something on the other side of that tension that I can return to. And I have been focusing on that as I've been meditating with my Headspace, who's proud sponsor of the show, along with Disney proud sponsor, now. Yep. Thank you, Disney and Headspace. Uh, with while I'm meditating, focusing on the pain that I feel and allowing myself to recognize it, and then yeah. getting rid of it, and feeling like I can do that. So it held on. It did. It sort yeah. of. It sounds to me like you achieved a, a state that you know you can return to now. I think I just forgot what um, it felt like to not be stressed out. Yeah. How many days ago was that? Three. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what. We'll talk next week. It'll be a fucking distant memory. But then I have a three and a half hour. You know, I've tonight. done. I've done. Most of them have been couple massages because Bethany's wanted to because she really enjoys yeah. that. And so, like, you know, we're both on a table. And uh, the best one I've ever gotten actually was this guy who did it for like Olympic athletes. David. And, and uh, his name wasn't David. I think it was like Rob, Robert, maybe. It sounds like a Robert. It was in Miami actually at the time. What? Um because we were on vacation, and then we just, like, while we were on vacation, we thought it'd be fun to do this. Okay. And so we found him, you know, through looking up reviews and such, obviously. And uh, it was suck. it was awesome. But I don't know. For the most part, I haven't found massages to be as relaxing as I wanted them to be. Um, I, I don't know. And, and the pain thing just doesn't, like, I don't, I, I feel like it tickles almost. Like, I shy away from when they try to do something where it's, like, working through a knot. Yeah. My immediate reaction is to like move my body but away. Have you, have you done like, deep stop tissue? Stop it. 
No, I haven't. I guess so maybe you can't I should move. try I that. I mean, you, 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 like, you might have. That the, sounds like, miserable, though. It. I don't think I want no, to do that. It's, it's like scary because, because also they're very gentle between like the really intense applications. Yeah. So like, there's this moment where they kind of like rubber back and they're like, and I'm like, oh my god, it's over. Oh my god, it's not over. <laughs> it is it the is fire it's, it's a very different? Yeah, my yeah, fire element yeah, was yeah. raging. And then I had um, Reiki done to me at what, one. Is point. that the rocks? Um, no, that's the mud. No, it's the bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry if there's any Reiki the specialists out there. It's this spiritual ish thing, new age thing, where they like, if I can remember correctly, there's like some kind of wheels in your body, and they do a series. They 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 blow on you. They just go, you know, they like no, blow they on different. I swear that. to you, they do. I had it done. So I had it done right before I went through cancer treatments because I was like, oh, oh I guess God. you know, someone offered a friend of of the family or a friend of a friend kind of thing. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, anything. I mean, either the chemo will work or the Reiki will, I guess. Right. Um, and so I had it done, and it was just, it was kind of bizarre um, because it is, you know, more of this, like, mysticism. Can you um, can you demonstrate the blowing? Yeah, they, they go like up to different parts of your body, and they go. <laughs> so a pretty spirited blow. It's, a it's, spirited it's, blow. It's not like a, <laughs> I'm picturing wind. Yeah. But it's more like a. Like no, it, it, had, it, had, it was targeted, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they can start to feel the energy in your body in different, or they claim to. Fire element. And so she, she, sure enough, she like, and apparently she didn't know that I was about to, you know, I had testicular cancer, but sure enough, she like started to put her hands, you know, your balls. above that area and could feel some kind of energy. Really? Someone, someone fucking told her beforehand. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, that didn't, that definitely didn't w- w- do anything for me. Whereas, uh, although I guess I don't really know for sure. Um, whereas the meditation and the mindfulness stuff where I'm like more in control of it, I feel uh-huh. like I, which is probably just a commentary on me and, you know, my need for the control. You're very controlling. But yeah. I do have to say though, during the massage, my mindfulness was really helping because, oh, yeah. because of I'm how painful sure those it are was. Very complimentary. Yeah. Because of how painful it was, I was like, I have the, ch- I can, this is a great opportunity for me to like redirect the pain and to yeah. like observe it. Yeah. And I, and I found it, I, I think in the past I probably would have squirmed away and been like, this is ridiculous. Uh, but but I I think honestly like that makes sense. The increased ability that I have to control that pain now yeah. was a very big deal. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say meditation is unbelievably helpful. Oh man, and and for workouts too. I mean, in fact, um, Headspace I think has a whole series. Thank you for sponsoring the show. They're has great. a whole series of uh, athletic, you know, um, uh, mindfulness now yeah. as well. But uh, you know, I haven't tried it necessarily directly with boxing, but like I've still been keeping up with boxing. Are you still that's still up with sort it? of my outlet. Are your you knuckles know? getting? Uh, let me see. Are your to... knuckles getting like? Oh man, I can. Yeah, I... those are knuckles of a boxer. I mean, MMA. When I punch stuff now, like my knuckles hurt a lot in the beginning, which makes sense, right? Because you got to like toughen them up or whatever. And it is amazing how much you know they they actually do get built up or whatever. But um, anyway, really, the point point I'm making is that that has become for me at least another outlet where a lot of that stress you're able to sort of you know. Pounded out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you pounded out, but you got to get blown on first. Um, let's be clear. That's true. Yeah, you, you get, do. You get the blow, and then you pound it out. So you know, find your outlet, and uh, if it is a uh, intense deep tissue massage or a workout or a mindfulness, <laughs> crumb just fell. Out of your... I know. This fucking just crumbs non... are falling. I gotta from your say, face. this non is delicious, but it is the yeah. chewiest thing. Like, I'm not like trying to be disgusting, but I can't because yeah. this thing is taking me three hours to eat. <laughs> just fucking finish I'm gonna it. move it away. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're getting into the holidays. The one thing I wanted to mention as a sort of catch up on, um, and then before we move on, cause otherwise we aren't going to cover anything in this show. Um, you know, we had talked about Santa and the magic there and like w- how to do Santa Claus with kids, right? Cause there's mm-hmm. obviously that's a big topic and, um, you should listen to that from last season, but you know, it's coming up now for me in a more real ways now that Grace is four and actually is coming to me with Santa stuff versus me having to like, you know. Before it was totally up to us. Like she didn't really, 
ask about it or care about it. We didn't even do any gifts from Santa last year when she was three. No, because it wasn't even a thing. Like it just wasn't a deal, any any big deal. And we were focused on you know Luke was still uh, young at that point. And um, this year we'll definitely very old now. That's true. He's senior now. He's really aged. He's almost the age that Grace was when when um, he was born, which is fucking nuts to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, so anyway, so this year we had Santa come to our town and he comes in on a, on a, um, fire truck. And so we're getting questions like, you know, like, why is Santa coming in on a fire truck? And it's I'm like, fire oh, element got, he got a deep tissue massage. <laughs> like, how do you answer that kind of shit? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm, I'm up for the magic of it and I want to do it. You know, I want to do Santa, but I also don't want to go too far in inventing these things. And so, so far the best tactic we can think of is like, you know, repeating the question back to them like oh well, how do you think you yeah know? yeah rather the than Socratic being like method yeah instead of like well you know he was visiting the fire station today and felt like going for a ride you know um and then also there's the thing where where do you draw the line in terms of who's the real santa mm-hmm. and who's not because you've the got all these posers and, and some of them yeah. are terrible oh yeah you know so you don't even want to say that's that's supposed to be him, right but you, you find that the kids just do it on their own yeah because this is something that we deal with every year too i mean, I mean there, there was like a santa that showed up at the alzheimer's walk that i talked about on our yeah. live episode which again by the way is not an aids walk <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, show, I said it like five times <laughs> our our the grandmothers did not die of aids yeah uh alzheimer's but there was like a santa claus at that and that was like in the middle of the summertime <laughs> and the kids were and, but 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 the kids do feel like that was actual santa yeah whereas like i like that though. Let them malls and things and they're like oh that's definitely not him right but but they do feel confident when they see the real one that that's who it is have they ever gone up to a guy who doesn't even have like any of the santa get up and they're like oh that's no <laughs> can you imagine like have your kids done that santa shaved no i don't know if anyone's ever done that but it'd be that kind must, of funny that must be a thing like there's a guy in my choir named john who's like 60 yeah. Great dude. He has a long white beard. He yeah. has white hair. He's like slightly portly, and uh, and I and we were talking yesterday about how like you know kids always ask him about Santa Claus. I was yeah. like, at, at a certain point, you must make the decision <laughs> to just go with it, right? Like if you have white hair and a beard and you're a little overweight, I mean, yeah, just like just just fucking do own it, it, you know? Uh huh. Why not? Definitely. All right. Well, before we segue to the part two of our episode on yeah, right. um, the book uh, All Joy and No Fun, I did have. Um, someone submitted to us a just winging it from their life. And uh, as a reminder, this is your opportunity if you're listening and you want to share one of your great just winging it moments in life where you sort of had to work through something um, in an innovative or improvisational way. Um, send it to us. You can record it uh, as Sarah did, who I'm about to play, or you can uh, write to us just winging it dads at gmail.com or Facebook uh, just winging it podcast. So and I'm going to send us an email, send it as if you can as a voice memo. So we can yes, play it on exactly, the show. Exactly. Which yeah. is what we'll do now. Yeah. And uh, you'll be famous um, and sponsored by Disney and Headspace. We're so thankful. Soon to be available on the Disney plus app. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, that would be amazing. All right. So here's Sarah. Hi, John and Patrick. This is Sarah. I'm a mother of three uh, to a three year old, uh, now two year old, and a newborn who's almost three months. Um, And I just had just a winging it moment. (laughs) You'd think I'd have something more substantial, but nevertheless, um, this morning I was changing my two-year-old's diaper and he was moving and I was trying to pin him down uh, to get him to stay. And when when I was readjusting the diaper underneath him, the side ripped. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to waste a diaper. So... What I did was I put another diaper on under it to reinforce the first diaper. And also, the next time I change a diaper, it's just going to be easy peasy. So um, I thought that was a, a good just winging it moment to share. Uh, Alrighty, Have a good day, guys. Bye. 
There you have it. A thrifty just winging it moment. Okay, wait a minute. Is she saying that there's a separate shell that stays on? So if the first one rips rather than replace it, yeah, you put on another diaper. Your kid's got the, you know, total. <laughs> Why not just get rid of the ripped one? Because you get to use the ripped one and then you get to use. The, oh, as the, the next round. Yeah. So assuming that the first one doesn't leak. That's right. right? Yeah. It depends Sarah's on the Sarah's children rip. might have very the neat nature of shits. the rip. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah, w- w- the shits in our household, are <laughs> they, they obliterate. The I think diet, it just right? depends. I'm, I'm imagining it's the classic, you know, the ripped, uh, the tab, right? Because that rips. That fucking happens all the time. Right? I'm sorry, diaper people out yeah. there. You can still sponsor the show if you're interested. Thanks, Disney. Um, I think that the, the there's something wrong with those wings, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they should, should be, be just winging of, it. Uh, they should be made of titanium. There's something there. We should probably have. We should probably invent a diaper. You want to start a diaper line? Holy shit, we should. Holy I shit, mean, that's perfect. the name of the diaper line. It's just winging it diapers. Yeah, or where the wings are shit. reinforced titanium. We'll call it where the magic happens. Yeah, where the fun happens. Maybe tin foil. I mean, we got to make it cheaper, cheap mm-hmm. enough that it's not going to be <laughs> tin foil, but with lots of tape, <laughs> lots of tape, <laughs> or just duct tape. Actually, you could just duct tape duct tape the sucker to to itself. You mean are you, so you know, are you going back to the real world, not to the actual diapers? <laughs> I guess you could duct you could duct tape that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we th- we threw out so many diapers because of tearing wings on the. I usually like, try to still use it with the tearing wing. I just put the wing back and then like. Attach no, but, it but anyway. if, if it comes, but if the whole thing, if the seam comes apart, yeah, then you can't you're do fucked. anything yeah, with yeah, it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that is a huge design. We're flaw. still. I have to say that we made the decision to use Pampers when they were newborns because it felt like you know they were just softer and. Um, more durable. I mean, nine out of ten fathers. Nine out of ten do, and that's why Pampers sponsors just winging it podcast. Where the fun happens. But we just kept them. Uh, well, you know, Grace doesn't use diapers anymore. But we just kept Luke in Pampers now, even though now, like, we could totally go with a budget one because he's you know old enough that it's like um, his blowouts aren't like what they used to be. Right. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you just get used to a particular brand, and it's like oh, keep using it. I don't know how to use the other ones. Plus, like, you don't want to put time into buying diapers. Like, when yeah. you're buying diapers, it's never like, oh my god, I can't wait to go Ugh. to Trader Joe's and like experience <laughs> the magic of grocery shopping. It's like, yeah. we're at Target, everybody's dying, we right. need to get out of here, and we need to get the biggest fucking box we're ever going That's to buy. Right. Which is so frustrating. Like, not only are they like, obviously really wasteful. Yeah. Although I get it, like we're not doing cloth, like, but that's never going to happen. But no. but they're, but they're also like you have to buy so many of them to make it worth the trip, unless you do it like on Amazon or something, yeah, right? Yeah. But no, no matter what, you're going to have this giant box left over, <laughs> and you're going to have so much new shit in the house. I know. And it's like something that you just know. You you look at it and you're like, this is just like 400 shits that I'm going to disposable, yeah, and then throw out into a giant landfill. Some can you imagine if there was just one landfill <laughs> that was for all the diapers? <laughs> Like what I mean, a, what a nightmare would it that even would be? be any worse than the actual landfills? I'm imagining the nightmare Maybe it'd scenes. be better, actually. It might be better. I mean, at least it would be somewhat homogenous. Yes. And right. they'd be wrapped up a little and bit. There's no, there's no, like, needles. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, nice just winging it, Sarah. Yeah, Thanks that was for good. sharing it with us. Um, and that's a good way to sort of save save those expensive diapers um, and reuse. So, that's good. Recycling right there. Unless it leaks. Unless it leaks, and then you're fucked. But still, but still, it was very valid. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, very much. <laughs> And congrats again on the newborn. Congrats. So on to the meat of our episode, um, or the the number two load in the diaper, as as it were. <laughs> in the ripped diaper. <laughs> um, so, you know, last week we started talking about this book, um, All Joy and No Fun, and we kind of went through the first half in terms of the progression through, you know, that first moment where you become a parent, the loss of autonomy, the strain on marriage, and then... Um, toddler years where there's 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 this magic sort of wormhole um, that sort of breaks up the everyday rut that you ca- ca- can get in as an adult. 
um, and the magic that can happen there, which we often have talked about. And I feel like you are someone who totally like cashes in on um, that moment. I'm a little magical, John. Um, you still have a toddler in you, yeah. Um, I mean, that's like you literally are. Image. Yeah, it's not a toddler <laughs> that's going to pop out of your belly. <laughs> like a fucking chest burster. <laughs> um, that would be... Ten times more terrifying if a toddler popped out instead of a uh, what is what is the technical term for an alien burster. in that? Is it just chest burst? Chest burst, yeah. It's isn't there, isn't there a scientific name for them in the? No, uh, like for that life cycle stage. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's just a chest burst. It's a colloquial. But it's it's <laughs> okay. a chest burster. Yeah. But can you imagine if it was a fucking toddler instead? And it's just like mama. No, they'd be fucking screaming because they just burst out of your chest. But anyway, that'd be a traumatic way to come into the world. It would be traumatic, yeah. yes, for many people. Uh, <laughs> it's true. So then we went through the toddler years, and then we started talking about elementary, and this is where I wanted to spend more time, and then re- you know work up to adolescence. Yeah, right. And so again, this book is very much about the impact of kids on parents, right? And and that's sort of you know much of what this show is about as well. Um, and <laughs> what was so interesting to me is you know looking at the broader context of parenting and how it's a fairly recent development that a child is this um, distinguished person in a household where basically the household in, in many ways revolves around the child and serving their needs, um, which is why you have fucking parenting podcasts. So um, <laughs> whereas before they were just like another contributor in the household expected to sort of lift their weight. Baby led weaning. Um, yeah. And they were expected to just like work, you know, I mean, it was before child labor practices, obviously. And of course, there's much good that has come out of <laughs> acknowledging that we're not advocating um, no, a exactly. repeal of child labor laws. That's right, and there's much good that has come out of um, acknowledging the develop the unique sort of uh, developmental stages of life and you know kids' needs at that young age. The question is um, maybe, and maybe this is the weird, not the best way of framing it because it taps into a little bit of that like old school, new school thing, but. You know, have we gone too far, right? Is is there a degree to which centering a household on a kid and making all your decisions and spending so much energy on all those details, like enrolling them in all these extracurricular activities and like, you know, putting so much pressure on yourself as a parent um, to do the right things in order to develop the right kind of person? Has it gone too far? That's I think that's kind of where we left off and wanted to sort of unpack some of that um, and get your sort of take on it. Yeah, I remember what I was saying towards the end of that was uh, that it's very easy for you and I to sit here and judge parents in that position because we will, and 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 we will (laughs) with great relish. No, but we're not we're not there yet because our kids are still a little bit too young. Although Jude, I would say, is kind of encroaching into that age group now. And like even Grace, you know, for me, it's been you know thinking about preschool and and enrolling her in the right courses and stuff. I totally agree that we're not there yet in terms of like the the sort of peak of that right where it gets into just a, a way over scheduled life mm-hmm. but you know there's definitely areas of you it can, that I'm you feeling. can sense it yeah yeah, yeah and, and the first time I think a lot of us go through that is the preschool thing and that was definitely with us the, the first moment that I felt the mm-hmm. sense of like oh shit are we being inadequate because it's because we, we wanted you to go to this really expensive one and they yeah. even offered us financial aid and it was just too much money but like on the tour of it you know we were learning about like their language <laughs> classes and their fucking activity I was like oh my god this is insane yeah um, and most of his friends you know went to that preschool mm. and and so I, I guess what I was saying in this last episode also was that um, you know I, I felt this kind of creeping like a little bit of a forethought of what that's going to be like at some point yeah because uh, there will always be kids who are doing more things speaking more languages more engaged getting yeah and that peer scores. pressure element of it where you see what other kids are doing and they see what other kids are doing I think definitely feeds into the pressure that we feel as parents. Totally. Hey, can I derail this for one second? Before I forget. <laughs> you always do. We just, even though we just started. <laughs> so so I, an announcement, speaking of peer pressure, is Jude has a loose tooth. 
Oh, which is big very exciting. Deal. And he's like so excited about oh, it because I'm, I'm all of his friends are, are like losing that. their teeth. Yeah, because he's like the youngest. Isn't in his it so class. funny how much you get to be excited about things like that, or even like braces? Some people, you know, because you see other kids doing it, and it it becomes this thing to be excited about. Yeah. Of course, once you get them, it's awful. Then it but, sucks. Yeah. But but he's he's like super excited. So I oh, wanted to throw, I that's want, so cute. And I was asking why he was like so uh, excited about it. And he was like, because I feel like all my friends, uh, you know, already lost a tooth and I haven't lost one yet. Yeah, of so course. So that's a, that's a big deal. Speaking of peer pressure. Yes. Going back to the yes. episode. I'm sure we'll get to that next week. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do feel like there's, uh, I, I can sense it a little bit, although I'm not in the day-to-day shuttling him all over the place, you know, going crazy. We're still in the phase now where it's like he can do karate, you know, yeah, as an extracurricular, yeah. maybe one other sport depending on the season. Um, and other than that, like just a lot of like enrichment stuff at home. But but we do have friends whose kids are already like really involved in a lot of different things. Yeah. And sure, like I, I feel a little bit uh, inadequate sometimes because of that. And and the thing is, we're not here to, to judge because like we, we aren't, fully there and also like mentally we aren't there either we're also you know? gone yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're gone we're gone We've, we're shells of people <laughs> um but also it's not about judging it in the same way that the book wasn't it's simply pointing out that there has been this trend towards um outsourcing most or many of the things that would have we would have been doing as parents like um making their clothes or educating our kids um teaching them how to do specific trades right like all that stuff has been outsourced so they have school they, they, we buy clothes. We buy many of the things that otherwise. How, how recent was it that we were making the clothes for our kids? I don't think it was that long ago. Before the, really? I mean, not this century, but okay, I mean, that's... but that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the the history of humanity here. But are we talking like, like 1920? Yeah, before. Well, I think 1940, 40s ish. You were saying the World War Two there was trend. a shift, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah for sure. Post war, but it happened. It started happening before that too, with women's rights movements too, where mm-hmm. women were actually empowered to like not have to just play that specific role. So like certainly it's not it's it's been a gradual thing. It's not all at once, right? But I'm saying the making clothes. I'm getting hung up yeah, on this making yeah. clothes idea because that seems that's surprising to me. I don't think it was that long ago though. I mean. Bethany even grew up where her mom made much of her, I mean, you know, her mom had that skill set, but her mom made like a bunch of her dresses or But she also grew up in a fundamentalist cult where they all wore the identical outfit. I'm not saying it was the norm for our generation or even the one before us, but I don't think there was many before that. And gradually more and more has shifted. Obviously school has been around for, I don't know how long, how many hundreds of years in this country. Well, public schooling has not been around that long. Right. I mean, so a lot of this, you know, it feels like it feels like it, I don't know. I, I guess I take a lot for granted as a parent in terms of what my responsibility is. The reality is, <laughs> Could you imagine if you had to make clothes tonight. I know. You're like, oh man, we got to make three hundred. And the thing is, it didn't leave any space for a parent to think about what are they going to be like when they're adults. Right. You know, how am I going to shape them into becoming good, you know, thinkers, inquisitive, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And instead, that's where we've sort of shifted, right? Because a lot of the other stuff is taken care of for us by school and other services that we use. Um, and I would say that that's, I think that's a positive. Um, there's an element to it, though, that is entirely disruptive and, and confusing as a parent because we don't know what exactly our job is anymore. You know, like we're, we're we try to figure it out and we all have um, expectations on each other that we sort of set as just the standard, right? In terms of enrolling them in certain things, in reading to them a certain number of times, you know, and doing all of these things that we're told are developmentally positive for mm-hmm. our kids. And this is why we have a podcast like this because so much mental energy goes into all of those decisions that before were just not even a thing. I mean, they're, they're just passed down 
um, from generation to generation, and you just did this certain, you know, these things. You kept, you taught these traditions, and you you parented this way, right? And, and so, and not only yeah. do we know less than ever what to do, but we also have more data on what to do than ever because yes. we have all these studies. We have you know, clinical psychology is a thing that didn't exist 150 years ago, and the way right. that it does now. Like, th- there's all of these things that are relatively new to the parenting experience. Yeah, that gives us a more substantial data set and way more things to be jealous of and way right. more things to be confused by, right? And when they look at the amount of quality time that parents spend with kids, it's higher now, even with working parents, than, and we talked about this, I think, in the episode with um, with Joe, on because he's a stay-at-home dad now. Um, it's actually higher now than what it was generations ago when there were stay-at-home parents, um, which is crazy to think, right, that a stay-at-home parent could spend less quality time with their kids than um, working parents now. But that goes back again to the pressure that we feel um, especially as working parents, I would say, to maximize the time that we have with our kids. And like, again, there's no judgment there. That's not a bad thing in and of itself. I think it does lead to, I'll speak for myself, um, a certain pressure that you feel like you have to do certain things. You have to, you know, maybe play with your kids, even if you're feeling like, I just want to sit down on the couch right now. Um, or you have to do certain things that, you know, are just kind of pushing you in terms of um, overscheduling your life. And I, I guess after reading this book, for me, the biggest shift has been simply maybe relaxing some of that expectation on myself and acknowledging um, the power and letting kids figure it out, you know? And, and I hope that I can sort of hold on to some of that as they grow up, too. Um, but, like, you know, I've been even just reading. I've been trying to read more while they're playing. And if they ask me to, like, play with them, I'll just tell them to play with each other, you know? And it's not all the time. Like, I'll still play with them. But... Um, I don't know. It just got me thinking differently about some of my choices and even our tendency generally to center a household on kids. Um, and I'm not just saying it for my own you know, health benefit, like to sort of relax that, but also I think for theirs to not be the center is, is probably a good thing. <laughs> Totally. And I, I, I go back to um, a couple that I brought up on one of the first episodes of the show, Pierre and Nicole, who are just yes, absolutely I wonderful remember, friends, right. great parents, good mentors for us. Cause, cause and a they, very clean house. And a... <laughs> right, right. But the, and they had one room in the house. Were that, they French? That, where, uh, P, yeah, Pierre yes, is French, yes. yeah. And, and uh, Nicole's from Peru. So, And that is a distinct uh, French way <clears throat> of thinking about it, too, from what I understand. Yeah. So have, having a dedicated area in the house that where the kid can do whatever they want. And then the rest of the house is like pristine. It looks like a museum. It's, it's beautiful. Right. But there's one room where Alexandre could basically go absolutely wild, draw on the walls. <laughs> um, and uh, that, I think that's great because it's, 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 it's putting limits around how much of your lives can be overtaken by, by your kids, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think Micah and I struggle with a little bit. It's sort of an adaptive challenge because speaking very selfishly, like I want that time with the kids. I know you do too, right? Oh, like, yeah, totally. When I come home, like the reason why I'm behind on laundry it, well, because it sucks, but also because like I'm the time that I would be doing it is time that I like I want to be present with the kids because I'm gone at work all day, yeah. right? Oh, for sure, I feel it. And sometimes I know the kids like are waiting for me to get home. They're very excited and they can't wait. But a lot of the time, I think they just have stuff that they want to do, right? <laughs> get and they're out of like, the way, "Daddy, Dad. like get your like giant body out of the fucking floor, <laughs> like you're blocking the Hot Wheels." It track, is a big body. Right? It's an yeah. enormous professional athlete. Yeah. Um. It's Relaxed so I, body now. <laughs> very fire element. Um. I, to me, that's something that that I struggle with a little bit. That being said, um, I do want to still be present at least while they're playing because it's important to me and to my mental health to be at least there, you know, yeah. to not miss those memories in those, in those moments. But I'm trying to work on being a little bit less intrusive. I, I mean, I, I think in general I'm not. 
but I know when they were when they were younger, even um, you know, if I would be joining in a game with them, if we were like using Legos and things, I was like very controlling over that process. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I think that I can let them kind of have space to figure it out on their own, and I don't need to be kind of guiding it. I don't. I don't even need to be participating. I can just kind of be watching it and be right. present. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's kind of going in a couple different directions. But I guess the the main direction is that uh, I it's a it's a struggle to not make your kids the center of your life. And it's an important struggle to be on because, like, if, if they become that, then they can get away with anything. And yeah, It's really hard. Right? It's really hard, yeah. I mean, in this culture, I think it is increasingly difficult. And I think, you know, we hear a lot of the sort of um, complaints lodged against millennials. And um, so fucking many to choose there from. There are so many, right? And this is one of those OK Boomer moments, right? Because yep. um, who parented them? You know, it's like <laughs> a lot of this parenting started happening with boomers where... Um, they they did make kids uh, sort of the center, and like of course there's good intentions there. Um, I've seen it play out, you know, with generations after that as well, and even talked to like professors in terms of you know the differences that they've seen with um, people who are in college now, kind of being treated like high school kids in terms of their parents getting involved in their, you know, um, calling up teachers. Like I can't even imagine that happening. I've, I've heard a lot of that from when I was in college. Too. Yeah, and so <clears throat> for me, I'm I'm trying to be mindful of the kids that I want to raise and and sort of. Um, I guess, you know, being able to equip our kids with the ability to navigate that stuff and not have to rely on us so much. Um, and there's this weird thing that that has happened um, that, again, millennials, a lot of commentary on this in terms of them wanting a degree of autonomy and yet not necessarily um, feeling like they are capable of stepping into certain spaces or doing things on their own without having, like, some level of direction or clarity. Um, and I feel like it, it is this weird setup where... There, we may be setting up our kids by being overly involved or even just giving them too much direction or guidance. Um, they may, we may set our kids up for, you know, sort of rebelling against that, wanting a de- degree of autonomy, but not actually being able to um, take up that space because they don't know how to sort of navigate life. And that's sort of one of my fears and what I'm, you know, trying to be mindful of in this as well. It's just like relaxing a little bit. Um, and also, you know, when you sort of have that overscheduled life with your kids, it also, I think, translates to them and they start to feel all that pressure, especially as they get into adolescence, um, which was another really interesting um, chapter to read because, of course, you know, we, we know so much about the stresses that come with the early years and the sleep deprivation and the loss of autonomy and all that. And like we kind of know, we've heard of, you know, the adolescent stage. And of course, we've experienced it ourselves in being adolescents. Um, What was interesting in the book is how much she focused on like, there's a lot of focus on what they're going through in that stage of life and how difficult it is, you know, going through adolescence, your hormones and all of that. Um, But it may actually, there's more to it in terms of um, the experience that parents have and how they sort of may overestimate just how much. Uh, how volatile their kids' lives are, and then sort of um, overreact to it. And what actually might be behind some of that and, and their reaction, and this resonated with me, even though I don't have teenagers yet, I can imagine this would be the, the case. You start to, for the first time, see your kids becoming um, actual adults who won't need you anymore. And there's a serious loss there that's happening in, in you as parents who've, of course, raised your kids up to that point, And suddenly you have to start thinking about what is life going to be like without them, you know, where they're on their own, making their own decisions and they don't need you anymore. And so much of the tension that happens in families is around that loss. And it's not, it's not communicated in that way. Right. But the fights that happen and like the rebellion and all that 
often is coming from that place of, of loss, which I thought was just so profound. And, and I can just, I can think about the pain already in that I'd feel in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's depressing, but it's, right? it's true. The, the interesting thing with adolescence for us, I think, is because we're, we're still young enough that like, I mean, I, I have a really vivid memory of, I, I remember being a teenager, like vividly, <laughs> it right? It wasn't that long it ago. It wasn't that long ago. And, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I remember the other Although, side of it. It's getting there. Yeah. It is getting there. <laughs> but I do remember what the, the, the sense of sort of trauma that I felt, uh, the growing pains that, that you feel in that stage and feeling yeah. totally misunderstood and totally not listened to. And, and also I have very different respect for my parents now knowing what yeah. they were actually seeing on the other side of that was very different from what, what I was assuming that they saw, right? right. So I guess, uh, and, and I'm already feeling momentary pangs of this. Like the other yes, night I, yes. I went, uh, you know, I was, we were getting the kids ready for bed and I was in there with Henry and, and Micah in the bathroom and Jude had gone, already gotten ready so he was laying in bed. And I walked in, and he had this notebook that I'd given him from the, the New York Review of Books. Like it's like an actual, like a really nice leather notebook with a pen. And he was just like writing in it. And I and I kind of stood in the doorway for a second. He had reading him. glasses on, even though he doesn't wear them. <laughs> right. yeah. He was fitting somebody for a suit. With yeah, the yeah. Magic. yeah right. um, and he was sitting there just doing his own thing, just like writing in this journal. So and I kind of like watched him from the doorway for a second, and I and I really felt that sense of oh, of, yes. of like he he really is growing up. You yeah. Know? And then I went, I went and like laid next to him. And luckily, he's still young enough that like he's excited about that. And he's like, "Oh yeah, come! I want to show you what I'm doing." Right? Um, and he was writing a diary entry, like his journal entry for the day. Yeah. And it was like the f- cutest fucking thing ever. It, it was, it was, uh. it was. Hey, diary! It's me, Jude. <laughs> oh my god! If you are reading this, please leave a picture with your name. You so need he was, to like, save writing that. A message. I oh yeah. Gonna, oh, 100%. that's amazing. Yeah. But he was like writing in it alone, and uh, and it was just this little moment where I was like, yeah, there's there's going to be a time where he's going to be writing something, and I'm not going to know what it says. Right. You know? And Bethany and I were just talking about this because I was thinking about moving the Legos, which right now are in the living room because they're always just playing in there and they're always yeah. building stuff, and there's just a ton of them sprawled out into the living room. And I was thinking, you know, we could move these into their room now, um, and they could just play with them there. And then we were thinking about it, and it's like, you know what? Soon, that's they're only going to be in their room, like yeah. locked away there with the door closed, and not want to play with us or be around us. So why don't we just leave them out here for now and just like you know, because it's nice. Just again, I could be on the couch reading or whatever, and they're playing. Um, and it's just thinking about what that next chapter will be, and not necessarily getting ahead of ourselves. Um, what I'm, what I'm really, I think, so keenly aware of as we talk about it now is, and this is something that came through in the book as well. Um, we talk about our kids' dependency on us, but what about our dependency on our oh, children? Yeah, totally. Right? And this totally goes back that. to that earlier thing in the last episode we were talking about where people go in with these loaded expectations around the happiness that, that will come from having kids. Yep. And in a way, raise kids with some dependency on them themselves. And and again, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. Like I, I experienced some of this where, you know, there's certain expectations I have of the happiness or joy that I think mm-hmm. I'll get out of parenting. And and again, we're getting at this thing that I think is a recurring motif in this conversation, and it sounds like in the book, which is the friction that happens when you have an expectation that's not delivered on, uh, or when you have something yes. that goes away that you, because again, it it gets at this whole idea that we think we have more control than we than we actually do. Yeah. But it also means like if 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 this isn't going the way I expected it to, then what else isn't going the way that I expected it to? Right. right what are the right. other surprises that are out there that I'm not aware of? Right. Yes. Exactly. I'm going to read this quote from the adolescent stage because I think it summarizes this really nicely. Perhaps this is what's so powerful about adolescence for parents. We're now contemplating ourselves as much as we're contemplating children. Adolescents usually who stir up our most self-critical feelings. It's adolescents who make us wonder who will be and what we'll do with ourselves once they don't need us. 
It's adolescents who reflect back at us in proto-adult form the sum total of our parenting decisions and make us wonder whether we've done things right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 huge. That's right? really, really pivotal. And like we can see it starting to come out as our kids are are emerging with their own sort of personality and intelligence and all this other stuff. Um, but it will be pretty striking, you know, and there, there's a moment in the book where she talks about this mother who's watching her son, I believe, um, play violin on his own. And, and that's some of the joy that you experience in a child who is surpassing you in some ways, assuming you don't play violin. Um, and, and the magic that can come. Yeah, you probably do. (laughs) And the magic that can arise. Um, the other interesting thing with the adolescent stage that I, I wanted to mention is with going back to the marriage piece is that. Not only, um, you know, you see the sort of proto-adult form with your kids, but you actually, uh, this is another major, so it's both like the early years is a major strain on marriage, and then adolescence is another huge strain on marriages. And what happens is you start to see more of your spouse and some of the things that you maybe have a harder time with, things that are pet peeves or whatever, come out in your kids that remind you of your spouse. Oh, wow. So it's like a new mirror. Yeah. And so, you know, they used an example where a mom saw that her, you know, her son wasn't necessarily being, um, uh, motivated enough in, you know, finding work or something like that. And that maybe that sort of, it came out and, and lashed out at her husband who maybe she felt that way sometimes with, or so there's more arguing that happens between adults at that time too, because you start to actually argue about your kids and things that you notice in each other. Um, so that that's another fun thing to look forward to. Yeah, right. Because well, then it's like it's it's your fault that blah 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 happened. Yes, and it's, yes. Yeah, and that's obviously the reprehens the you know the the <laughs> starting to resent each other is never a good thing. No, in, in a marriage. It's true. The, you know, we've been Mike and I have been talking about this lately uh, <clears throat> because the the phase that the kids are in now is like so wonderful. And I, and I'm, I'm as I'm saying this. I'm very distinctly remembering like a year and a half ago saying it then too and being like, you know, the phase the kids are in right now is so magical. Um, Which is great, right? I mean, it is. And I guess the idea is to always look for that magic, yeah, right? Yeah, but, I think so. But like, but I do feel like, again, now, like, there's just, it, they're just in this wonderful place because Henry really has emerged as his own person and he's very independent and he's so funny and so different. And they play together like nicely most of the time. There's not as much of the violence mm. anymore, although they do wrestle, but yeah, they yeah, can like kind of handle fun, each other a yeah. little more. Um, and just like seeing them make friends now, they're both in school. We got to go to like Henry's story time the other night at his school and it was so much fun and he was so comfortable with all those friends. And I was like, man, this is such a magical phase. And Mike and I were just talking about how, uh, you know, it's this really is a special time for for the kids developmentally and how we have to remember that there are special times to be found, like no matter what, even when it's harder than it is now. Yeah. And that when they're teenagers, like that's going to be very difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about a lot of the things in, in this book about how it's going to be like, you know, a, a big adjustment because they're going to be moving away from us. They're going to be, be, you know, becoming the people that they're kind of kind of end up as by yeah. that point. And, and making mistakes and doing bad shit too, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, getting into drugs or hurting themselves in different ways. Like there's so much that came up in the book too. Some of these parents experienced the, just the, the pain and experiencing that with your kids, you know, um, and having to sort of work through that. And like, these are adults, you know, who are going to make mistakes just like we did. Um, so yeah, it's, I agree with that. I think you're right in that, you know, it's looking for that at moment to moment, experiencing it, and enjoying it. And then, um, part of it is letting go of it too, right? Cause mm-hmm. that's the dependency part where it can be yeah. an unhealthy dependency if we, let it be right um but it's really hard but the sweet spot though is before becoming dependent on it it there's there is this phase of recognizing it and appreciating it right i think so and and loving and loving the moment that you're in and looking for things to love about it and and knowing that um it doesn't mean that there are things that are that 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 there's not imperfections obviously like that that you know life is always a 
whole complex system of interactions and moments. Right. But that like that there are things to appreciate about every part of their lives. And that, like, if you can be aware of that as it's happening, I think you feel less of that friction because the, you you realize. I guess what I'm saying is you're realizing that you didn't actually know what was going to happen until it happened, mm-hmm. and that parenting is a constant cycle of this, right? It's a constant cycle of assuming you kind of know where things are going, yeah. Realizing that you had no fucking clue at all, and then looking back on photos of yourself from two years ago and thinking, man, that guy in that photo had no clue what a where life was going. What a dumbass. <laughs> Uh, and I feel that all the time. I, f- I feel like I'm constantly surprised by by my life. And I think to notice that you're surprised by something, you have to be aware of what is actually going on. Mm. So I think looking for things to surprise us and, and taking stock of where we are, like we talk about all the time, that, that is like so key to this. It, because otherwise so. you end up with this person who's a teenager and is like super difficult because teenagers are fucking crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, a, I was, I was terrible. <laughs> I was so bad as a teenager. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I and I know that our kids will go through things like that, but I feel like if we are open to the idea that there is no one way this can go, that there's no one perfect teenager, that everything is complex and moving, and that you have to appreciate where you are and be responsive and loving no matter what. Yeah, I feel like that to me is kind of where where to where to go. I know? think so. Yeah, and it's it's being realistic about the level of or lack of control, and even the sort of um, the damage that that can do in trying to exert control. Um, to you and to your kid, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, just striking the right balance there and helping them become, you know, their best self, but knowing that that's something that they take the lead role in, you know, and I think at different stages of their life, they need certain levels of guidance and direction and all that, which I'm, I'm for. Um, I think it's just, yeah, navigating the degree to which I step in and get involved or, um, I don't know, maybe just relaxing that for, to some extent, I think is a helpful takeaway for me. Um, because I'm also a person who has needs and, you know, who also has a, a, a wife with needs and a relationship there and with other yeah. people. And that's okay. Like, you know, we don't need to sort of um, orient everything around our children. And that's, you know, I think that's okay. And just just knowing that that's okay, even though it sounds commonsensical as I say it, it doesn't feel that way all the time. Mm-hmm. So much of our lives is dominated by our kids and... uh and I've thought of most much of that as a good thing. Like I, I enjoy being a parent, um, but you know, I just don't want to overstep. I guess. <laughs> but it's really hard to not do that unless you're being super aware. You know, I think so. And that takes a lot of ongoing work. I think well, it's it's going to be difficult. I think as our kids grow older, and hopefully we'll still have the show by that point. I know, we can right? Be talking about it. I, I mean, I feel like. Our kids are still young enough now that the repercussions of their bad actions aren't really that big of a deal. So true. You know, they're, yeah. re- they're really not. Like, they might get hurt or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, teenagers can, can be dangerous. Like, they can, to they can die. They can, yeah, like, this yes. shit can really happen. They can get addicted to things, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that what will be interesting for us as we navigate our kids growing older is this increasing sense of, like, the, the real ramifications of some of the decisions that we have. Because our kids right now are still plastic enough, I think, that we can, yeah. we can afford to be kind of more experimental with things. You know, we can afford to try stuff out, and if it doesn't work, it's okay. We can kind of keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, we can try to be more kind of hands-on, more hands-off. We can try to be more proactive or more reactive. Um, but when a kid is, like, 13 or 14 years old, like you, you really you. It's it's a lot a bigger deal I think if you fuck something up because that that could that could have real lasting. I mean you know may have real impacts on their future too, right? Yeah. Um. So that's just to say that I, I think I, I don't want it to come across because I know we have people listening to the show who have raised teenagers you know and are doing it right now. I don't want it to come across like we're necessarily assuming that 
it's going to be just a matter of kind of letting the kids take the lead and making sure that we're not stepping in too much. Uh, it's it's something that I, I don't think either of us really understand yet, you know? Just I think like that's parenting very is true. something. Parenting is something that you can't understand until you experience it. For sure. You know, and, and I think... It, Each stage is going to be the same way, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think that's part of the expectation thing, too, is like realizing that you really don't know what's going on. I think yet. so. And, and that, that's okay. You know, going back to the title, you know, this idea of all joy and no fun, um, which is meant to be, you know, uh, thought-provoking... Um, Classic John Abdullah phrasing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't invent it. Um, But the joy part, I think, the idea that it it often comes from this place that's also filled with with pain. (laughs) Some of the pain that we experience through their early years and the loss of autonomy ourselves and the sleep deprivation and all of that. Um, Some of the pain in our kids making mistakes later in life and, you know, coming out of that. Um, And I think it's sort of... Ideally, the the joy that we're getting out of it, um, maybe it couldn't come unless there were some degree of pain in the same way that we talked in our um, our joy episode. And I, I, that resonated with me because I think it's it's less sort of surface level than happiness, which, you know, I still experience happiness going out to, you know, the, the holiday thing with my kids or whatever, some mm-hmm. happiness, some misery as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but some of the joy is in seeing your kids um, write a diary entry like that on their own, you know, and, and like some of the things that they're going to be able to do on their own or some of the interactions that we have or conversations that we have with them that, um, bring this level of joy that I think, uh, it goes deeper and maybe, you know, it doesn't come out as much in some of the surveys on happiness or whatever, but, um, yeah, I think it's, it's stuff we've been talking through a lot here, so I'm not too worried about us. I think that those are the things (laughs) that you remember. I think that, I think the moments of joy are the ones that, that stay with you because they've imprinted on you, Mm, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and and they're kind of by their own – kind of by uh, by design, I think, or I guess by default, they're uh, unintentional. Like mm, joy is never something you can plan for, right? I like joy so. is something that emerges, I think, out of something. Like yeah. it, it, you can plan happiness a lot. You can do something that you know – you can go on vacation. You can take a right. train ride. You can do something that you know people are going to have fun with. But joy, yeah, it's like the diary. Your joy is um, – like Henry has been uh, lately talking, he loves making plans. That's like his thing now. So, so he's always like, dad, 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 I have a plan. And then he lays out this like incredibly grandiose plan about what he wants to do. He wants to go on a midnight hike. He wants to play this game. He wants to do this, all these things. Yeah. Um, and like the joy, and, and he's sitting there and I'm smiling like a dumbass just listening to him make all these plans. And I'm, I'm like crying. I'm like watching him, you know, and, and he's just like, you know, going on and on and on. And he's going to forget what he made a plan about two minutes later because he's going to want to do something else. Right. But this, But hearing him exert his own uh self on the world like hearing him carve out a thing and say like i have agency you know i want to do this tonight i want to do this and i want to do this and i want to do this because i'm an expansive person and i am full of joy and i'm excited to be alive and that's why i want to stay up late and do a million things right (laughs) and i feel like that that to me is a moment of of joy because it's something that uh but I, i would never have planned that i would never have thought that you know yeah and it just happens and those moments are are that's what parenting is to me I think it's so true. I mean, I think of the weekend I just had where Bethany worked for the weekend. You know, she does this like once a month. And uh, I end up by by Sunday night just feeling done with them. You know, like it's just so much time that I'm planning out and I'm just feeling more stressed because I'm having to also then get ready for another work week. And like, you know, I just by Sunday night I was done. Um, And then inevitably, you know, they get to bed and everything. And I'm already starting to feel like, reflective about the weekend and how much time we got to spend together. And suddenly it gets cast in a new light where I'm feeling like 
I miss, I start to miss them even Sunday night, not even before <laughs> the fucking week right. started. And then by Monday morning too, um, you know, and this happens most every morning and this is a joy that I would have never necessarily expected or anticipated because it's just a, another, it's just a morning. But when you first get them out of bed and they're still just like, you know, opening their eyes and, and coming to, and it's just this wonderful, magical moment still for me where, you know, they just want to like be hugged, um, and comforted by you. And I don't know, it just always feels magical in the morning. And that for me is just this joyous moment that, um, I guess I won't have when they're teenagers and they don't want to be around me. Yeah. But for right now, that's one of the things that I'm holding on to. And I do feel very much like the degree to which, you know, I went through that difficult weekend or whatever. And again, it's like I recast it now as a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun things. But in the moment, it was stressful, you know. Um, so I think that's often those things do sort of intertwine. And, and I guess, you know, that emotional spectrum, as we've often talked about on the show, is what I think grows. Mm-hmm. So our ability to get more frustrated or, or angry or upset or whatever also sort of swings the other way into joy. Totally. And you don't notice those moments of grace unless there's moments of uh, of something, you know, antithetical to it. Yeah, right? I think so. Like you, you kind of need that. You need the black to see in the white. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, I, and I feel like... Uh, that's kind of the point with joy. Like, and that's something that I think that's why that's like one of our favorite episodes ever is because it's something I've really applied to my life. When I'm, when I'm upset about something, when I'm feeling something deeply, part of me knows that I'm feeling that because I know what it's like to not feel like that. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing. You know, like the the fact that that life is counterbalanced like that and that it will swing another way at some point. It is. And parenting is like that. We, we have bad days, we have good days. And if we're always so fixated on happiness and on making sure we're doing everything right, making sure we're keeping up with the neighbors, making sure that we're doing everything by the book, we're ignoring this deeper awareness of the joy of just navigating a life with these children. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, navigating life with your partner, like navigating life as a human, having your own interests and not feeling guilty about it. That's something I've talked about a lot. 100% like I feel, the guilt Because thing. I am a super busy person. I do a yeah. lot of other shit and I, and I always have this nagging, like tonight, for example, uh, like I'm going to get home, I'm going to see them for 15 minutes and then I have to go until 10 o'clock at night. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting here today feeling bad about that. Yeah. When in reality, like they're fine because we had a whole right? weekend together. Their grandmother's coming up to spend time with them. You know, like they're they're super happy. But um, in the back of my head, there's this nagging sense of like, but I'm not there for it. Yeah. Right? So I need to get my own shit together too. I can, and, yeah, right? totally relate to it. The same kind of guilt or if I'm traveling as we've talked about with that when that happens. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I pause and think about how much of that guilt is actually for them and how much is for me. And it's, a lot it's of it's our for dependency us, isn't it? yeah. on them, right? And just acknowledging that and like, you know, relaxing it and, and uh, letting go of some of that guilt is, I think, going to be helpful. But it also, having that guilt means that you know how special things are too, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to not feel ashamed of that, I think. That's true. Right? Mm hmm. But to keep tabs on it, just like anything, so that it doesn't rule our lives and we're not consumed by this sense yeah. of like never having enough time with them. Because that's just like in the This Is Water conversation, right? Where, where Dave Frost Wallace talks about how, you know, if you always worship at the altar of your intelligence, you'll never be smart enough. If you worship your beauty, you'll never be beautiful enough. If we always worship our parenting abilities, if we always worship the time that we have with our children, we'll never get enough of it. We'll never be good enough at it. Right? So true. You have to maintain this level of separation to see what you actually have and to appreciate it for what it really is, which is something full of highs and lows, something where there is no perfect way to do it, something where there's no end point right yeah. like we are parents now for the rest of our lives right yeah yeah um regardless of what happens with our children and where they go and how they grow up like we have been changed by this experience and that's indelible and that's something that we will carry with us and we should be appreciative of it 
and good and bad, you know? There you go. Just let's be present on this ride together as a family. And let's fucking wing it. Let's wing it. (laughs) And make diapers. Yes, diapers coming soon to a Disney Plus platform near you. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how that works. It'll, it'll come free with your we'll Disney Plus it out. subscription. Artificial. Yeah, definitely. See All you. right, talk to you again. See you.